Do you smell what The Rock is cooking? Hey everybody, here we are back again. I've got another great guest here. A new dad I've never talked to before and I'm going to learn about him just right along with you. So we'll see what we see and, and learn what we learn. Today we're going to chat a bit with Joel from the uh, Insane Asylum podcast. He's a supernatural investigator, so I'm sure that we will spend uh, maybe too much time on that. I've got a little bit of personal experience that I was going to run by you, so we will uh, get into the paranormal, and and we'll also touch a little bit on dad stuff, because, I mean, you know, this is a dad podcast. So with that being said, Joel, uh, go ahead and introduce yourself uh, and, you know, tell us a little bit about what you got going on. Well, I started a podcast back in 2017 with a buddy of mine uh student mostly because i'm disabled i'm a survivor of leukemia form of blood cancer so i got diagnosed in 1995 and about the time my youngest was six months old so yeah so you know I held on to my kids for dear life. I fought for them. Um, then uh, in 2000, right around 2019, we switched things up because we were kind of ticking people off too much, you know. <laughs> so we weren't getting very many subscribers or anything on YouTube. People didn't want to hear our opinions about politics and stuff, you know. We were just speaking the truth. Um, and, you know, and I think it had a lot to do with, I don't like the orange clown that they call him, you know. <laughs> um, I never liked him even before he ran for president the first time. But we got to discussing it because we both had some experiences in the paranormal. and We uh, went that way and it's been a hell of a ride ever since. Right on. Cool. It, it's good that uh, when things just kind of fall together on their own like that. Yeah, we won, I mean, a, we won a, an award for the Wisconsin Podcast Association in 2020. Uh, I was a guest speaker at the Milwaukee Paranormal Conference in 21 or 22. So I'm, uh, I'm not I'm not built for public speaking at that level that's uh i i don't know i would i would need to take so many nerve pills that i would end up asleep before i made it on stage i had stage fright <laughs> really bad I, i'm not kidding you i had stage fright really bad and when we did this i was worried and the guests we we brought along with us uh to have up there with us he told me don't look him in the eyes, the audience in the eyes and stuff. He's like, and he didn't do the one, the one that's always common picture everybody in their underwear or whatever. Yeah. He says, look above and beyond them. And it worked. Right on. I actually made it through. I thought I was going to have a nervous breakdown on stage. <laughs> that sounds you like know. something I would be doing. Yeah. yeah uh, I didn't think I'd get through it, but now I've gotten so much better, and I think my podcasts and being a guest co-host on other podcasts and filling in for some people and so on and so forth, because I'm not just on mine. I end up on a few others that's part of this network that I'm part of. So Right on. We uh, reserved the last little bit of the podcast to talk about uh, whatever. So yeah. if, you know, your other stuff that you whatever you don't mention throughout the course of the conversation, we'll get in there at the end. Uh, but as far as uh, I guess we'll just go ahead and get the dad part out of the way first. Uh, like I said, I've got some personal supernatural stuff I wanted to run by you. So that's what's really on my mind right now. But in, in terms of being a dad, let's get that. Let's check that box. Uh, what's your, your kid situation? How many, how many kids do you have? Well, as far as I know, it's kind of a joke because there's one out there that I'm not sure of that could be mine. 
Okay, he's tried to communicate with me and I know him, but I have three kids, two girls and one boy. The boy's in the middle. Okay, They're, they've got two separate mothers. The two oldest are our natural brother and sister and the youngest has a different mom. Um, my oldest is well, let's see, I'm going to be 57 in March. Yeah, so she's 37. I was 20 when she was born. So, uh, starting this, I, I mean, I don't have any siblings, but it's starting to kind of sound like my dad. And you, you were, you're younger than he was, but in terms of when he had me and what have you. Yeah, and then I was uh, married. I got married in 2010. But I, I knew the woman, I was dating her for four years before that. So we got married and she has three kids. <laughs> and and same as me, two girls and a boy and the boys in the middle, as far as the ages go. Okay. But when I met her, her kids were still in high school. So, and they end up basically, I'm not a stepdad they call me dad and I didn't ask for it. I told them, just call me Joe, you know, that's how it started. And then somewhere along the line, it became dad to them. That's, yeah. a, that's a huge life change. Um, would you say, I mean, obviously they're, they're coming in at different ages, but would you say that being a dad the second time around, well, you were all you were always a dad like you didn't stop but like being a dad with these kids is that harder or the same as when you were uh you know raising your own kids it's much harder because these three kind of have you know issues that could have been taken care of when they were much younger with a little discipline and talking to you know um they've got their own set of problems you know like everybody else does but they don't want to listen to me and that's the part that pisses me off they don't want to listen to the wise old man you know this wise old man's been through a lot you know and if one of them would have just have been doing what I've been telling her, just come stay here with us. Stop hanging around with the trouble, spending your money on them. You'd be out of debt, have a car, and on your own in no time. You know, no, don't want to listen to me. You know. Yeah, that's that's parenthood right there. I I, I dread when I reach that that point where I know the answers, I know what's right, but he just chooses not to listen. Just. Or, or actively like does the opposite just to make me mad or something. Oh yeah, you, you, you make mistakes growing up. We all did. I mean, I know I was a pain in the ass to my dad. You know, he'd probably, if he was still alive, he'd probably tell you something like, yeah, I was the reason he was drinking, you know. <laughs> um, but, you know, we learn from our mistakes. I've learned to try to never make the same mistake twice. You know, I grew up with some good old fashioned morals, you know, never, you know, never hit a woman, respect your mother, respect your elders, you know, that, that kind of thing. And, and with my own kids, my own three, I kind of laid those same rules down and, and I'm, I'm, my kids have been through a lot, especially youngest, but I didn't have to worry about those two first. I mean, they were raised right. I was so proud of them. They, they, my daughter was like a CNA at 17, you know, graduated right. on a roll, you know, didn't have to worry about her, you know, graduating. My son, didn't have to worry about him either. He was playing football. You know, he was the jack. He, he did all that stuff. He struggled a little bit his senior year. But, you know, as as boys, 
at that age, you know, at 16, 17, we get distracted easily by those girls, you know. It's, I think we all kind of struggled in senior year. Well, yeah, that's the reason. So, you know, he <laughs> kind of struggled, gave up football, you know, all of that, but still didn't have to worry about him later. Now he's married and I've got my third grandson. You know, it was like uh, September. Grayson was born. So bigger, bigger every year, it seems like. Yeah, I've so, got a lot of grandkids. So do you have uh, um uh the do you have another dad like you know the kids that you from the relationship yeah. you married into? Is there another dad yeah. in the situation? Yeah, I had a I had a stepfather. How's how's your like how do you deal with him? When I when I had my my stepfather or the kids the the, the kids the kid stepfather. Oh, I don't like him. <laughs> Man, I, I I I'm a good judge of character. Before I got leukemia, I was a security officer and a private investigator for quite a few years. So cool. And then before that, you know, jack of all trades, but mostly working with the public in some form, you know. So. I became a good judge of character and learned to trust my guts. And there's something called, what was it called? There was a, a thing where, where the, uh, her oldest, my oldest, uh, stepdaughter's oldest, uh, or my wife's oldest, um, Barbizon. It's like a modeling school thing. You know, she was going to this in high school. And I saw him walking across the gym floor, and the first thought that came to mind, he didn't, I mean, he was still quite a few feet away, that I just wanted to smack the shit out of him. <laughs> you know, but there's reasons for that. You know, you don't do, I mean, as a father, you when your kids have kids, you don't live off of them. You know, you don't sponge off of them. You don't take you know, the money out of their pockets that they use to feed and clothe their own kids, you know, and that's the type of guy he's been pretty much since I've known him. So he's still in the picture even today? Oh, yeah. Like you have to deal with him? But they tend to, I don't deal with them. Those kids tend to, you know, they like him, they love him, whatever, but they'd rather not be around him so much sometimes you know and there'll be those days where they'll call him by his name instead of <laughs> dad you know um it gets that that bad i mean the guy's a user you know but according to his son he's changing well i'm up well, i mean uh, good luck. It can happen to anybody if, if yeah, right. It can happen you know. to anybody, but you know, some people like that, you know, they've had their stripes so long they can't change. It does become harder the the older and the more ingrained that, that your habits become. I, I will agree with that. You you touched on your own dad, and I, I did want to go back to that because you said that you were you mentioned that you were raised what were you considered to be basically the right way. So uh, I was wondering, did you have a good relationship with your dad, your stepdad? Well, I had a, I had a good relationship, better relationship with my my stepdad, and I wish I wish I would have given him the chance early on. Um, but my my real dad, he and I butted heads quite a few times. You know, he would never practice what he preached okay and he was very judgmental you know i never heard i'm proud of you out of his mouth you know i think the guy loved his beer more than he loved his kids sometimes you know i mean that's sad to say but it's true i mean he he took he took it to when he went to raise money for my medical bills and stuff that incurred through the two and a half years that I lived at a hospital, he, uh, it, I think he kind of skimmed a lot off the top. Ooh, man. You know, um, 
you didn't trust banks you and then you got my stepfather you know they were both alcoholics but my dad was like instant asshole at alcohol my stepfather was a little bit more of a lush or a comic when he <laughs> drank okay um but he was like the most honest man i've ever met in my life and wow. i always say that about him um and he and i i know he loved my mom because he i learned a lot from him just by watching how he treated my mom that's yeah. cool so that's that's where you learn to to treat like women the right way right i mean he went to the grocery store he came back with a dozen roses for my mom that's you know? cool i mean they they bickered like an old couple but never really fought you know oh that's good it's good that you have those memories yeah he they were married for 28 years and wow and when he passed away it wasn't too long after that that my mom passed away yeah that and makes sense we all said that that when my mom passed away she died of that broken heart syndrome that's um i i mean it, it's a different situation but that's kind of sort of what happened to my dad recently i lost my grandma in july and i lost my dad in uh august and uh, like he had, you would never have thought that it was going to affect him like that. But when she died, he basically just gave up. Yeah. Uh, especially appears, if your mama's boy. Yeah. And, and, but he never gave that off. Like I, they, they continued, you know, they had a relationship until death, but like he, he was, he was more like, uh, they just didn't, you know, they didn't know life without each other. So they just, you know, kept, kept, in, uh, kept talking. Uh, you know, it's, it's not like they got along necessarily. Oh, they I just, got along you know, with my mom. I got along with my mom. I called her at least two or three times a week, you know. Um, and when she died, I, 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 if I didn't have my wife, I probably would have ended up in a mental hospital or something, you know. My mom was my best friend. I mean, I play a trick because StreamYard, you got the easy uh, magic of having a green screen and stuff. It's really easy to do. And I've got a picture. I'll tell you a story. I, I used to, my mom never drove. So after the leukemia, I was a cab driver for a while. So I tended to have more time on my hands, could take a break whenever I needed. So I always took my mom wherever she needed to go. And one day, just out of the blue, she looks at me and 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 this wasn't so so gray as it is now. <laughs> looked over at me and she says, anybody ever tell you you look like Charles Manson? <laughs> and it's like, thanks a lot, mom. You know, I, I can kind of see it. Uh, if you pretend you've got a cross carved into your forehead. I can, right. Yeah, I kind of see it. Um, I'm, I'm a li little more of a, uh, well, I don't know. I'm not a fan of Charles Manson, but I've definitely seen him, you know, more than a couple times through uh, podcasts and stuff like that um that's you know a, a fascinating topic all in its own um but that's actually a good um I, you know when i have like typically i have at least like a co-host sometimes two and there's like i'll i like to give them the chance to talk and and they will go off on whatever they they go off on and, and i'm over here like building up my my thoughts and and getting ready to make myself sound really smart the next time I open my mouth but when they're not here I just kind of like talk to the guest about whatever it's just like we're kind of hanging out at your house yeah. and just talking yeah, so sometimes well, we like that all the time we go <laughs> off topic all the time on our my paranormal show it happens right on I feel like it, if nothing else it's more fun that way yeah I mean definitely I'm not I'm not really concerned with trying to be a certain way so as long as I enjoy it that's what's important so, I mean, that's basically my excuse for why we're moving on from the dad side of things and, and on uh, into the uh, paranormal. Right. And I got, I, I got more to that Charles Manson story for you quick. Oh, right on. Go on. Go on. All right. So it wasn't but two weeks after that happened. I'm 
told I got to go to the hospital because my cousin got into a car accident. So I go up there and I get to the room. My aunt, my mom's sister, younger sister, baby sister, introduces me to the nurses. She says, oh, by the way, this is my my nephew, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Now I'm standing in line at Walgreens about a month later. And a guy comes up to me and he's like, hey, aren't you that hippie dude from that 70s show, Leo? (laughs) Tommy Chong. Tommy Chong. You know. Wow. You are like every man. Everybody sees something different when they look at you. So so I've had a little bit of fun with all three of those. You know. Uh, I think I was going to say that uh, I see a little bit of Lemmy from Motorhead. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Uh, it's um it's the uh the facial hair more than more than anything else but um it's cool that like i don't really get uh the the, i think the only thing i remember someone said i look like daryl from the walking dead but i I don't know how to take that because he's always dirty and like you know shaggy looking so um whatever (laughs) but uh like i said moving on here to uh, maybe that, there's somebody that's going to listen to this and it's like, thank God they're getting to the, the supernatural stuff. So you've got a podcast, obviously, and I take it for granted that having done this for so long that you've seen some pretty crazy stuff. So we're just going to yeah. jump right into the deep end. What is the craziest thing that you can remember seeing like uh, in person? Um, well, we were investigating um, this art mall okay in in grafton wisconsin now this building was built in the 1800s so it started out as like a lumber mill okay because it's right next to the milwaukee river then it then it got turned into a flour mill and over time both places lots of accidents okay but the freakiest thing that i ever saw so far so far but i actually saw it with my own eyes and i wasn't prepared was we're going down down the hall and imagine an old building they've got those real thin metal strips going right across them and there's lights connected to each you know three lights connected to each one you turn on the switch at either end of the hallway all three lights go on at the same time now I'm just walking down the hall with with a friend of mine that was there with us. And we were going outside to have a smoke. And as we get to that particular hallway, the middle light flickers at us, actually comes on and flickers at us. And I, you know, I'm glad somebody else was there besides me and saw this because they would have thought I was crazy. Because I didn't have a camera, we weren't prepared. It was kind of still a rookie at all of this, and now I've got a body cam. So if something ever happens like that again, I got mm-hmm. evidence. Yeah. Cool. I'm uh, I I'm not one to experience a lot. I've uh, got you know a couple of times in my life that something's happened that I can kind of refer back to, and I think I've touched on both of them in the podcast before but what is currently on my mind and um, I'm just going to throw this out there you can give me your kind of take on it and we so my grandma like I said she died back in August and we ended up having to move into her home because we uh, just long story short we can't sell it until a year after she dies right so that wasn't cool. <laughs> um, uh, my wife actually found her um, like laying to my right, right here. This used to be a bedroom and she found her face down. And then before so she that, died in the home? yeah, she died like right beside me. She's coming out of the bathroom kind of to my two o'clock and took a couple steps into the room and just face planted. So we've got that. Before that, this is this is a few years ago. This is like six, seven, no, even more than that. This is like 10 years ago. Uh, her boyfriend that used to live here with her, he died out in the driveway about 10, 
12 feet away uh, off to my 11 o'clock. Okay, After me and my well, wife moved. I got a question. Where's here? Uh, we live in Let's... East Tennessee. Okay. Um, she, uh, she didn't really tell me too many details about that other than that he died out in the, uh, in the driveway and that supposedly like there was a couple of things that had happened that she blamed on him, but she said it with a laugh. So I didn't take any, you know, any, uh, credit. I didn't give it any credit after me and my wife moved in, uh, one night, uh, like all these details that I'm leaving out, like they're just as short to quicken the story, but Basically, one night I find the neighbor doing CPR on his mom. She's died. And I go over there and see it happening. And that one's that one happened about 25 feet away. And the I, you know, I, I walked over there, saw it, and then shortly thereafter the uh the ambulance showed up. So I didn't have anything more to do with it. So that that sets the plate or uh, sets the table so to speak for what comes next and that is that suddenly after living here for a couple months we've started to get like unexplainable sounds um that seem to come from inside the wall but aren't like really they're not really actually something that we can pinpoint because sometimes i'm like Okay. Sometimes I'm like, oh, that's the water from the faucet in the shower, or oh, that's you know you the this or that. Around your house too. I'm sorry. Do you got like Alexa or Google or something around your house? Uh, not not like a not like a tower or anything, and I don't have an uh any of that. Uh, you know, you know, we don't use Alexa or you know any kind of home uh work like home service where we can like speak out and and get it to do something. Oh. we're not we're not quite that uh quite well, that advanced i was it. just asking because i asked this of everybody that's had their little activity in their houses if they ever have those things just go off when it's completely quiet that like is that a, that's a, a bad sign or that's a that's just a sign of okay that's um, a no, sign what, that something's there maybe. well that would be bad um <laughs> we have not had that uh, I did have, uh, my son was napping one day and I did have uh, a toy in his toy box go off for no discernible reason while he was, you know, three feet away in his crib asleep. Um, that was, that was very uncomfortable, but I just put that down to like toys shifting on top of it for some reason and, you know, making a Brett, uh, that button turn. So we got the sounds, we've got the, the toy and the other day I'm over here, uh, there's a couch behind the laptop here and I'm over here taking a nap and I get a freaking cold spot. Like, like I, you know, I've got my hands down around my crotch area and like, I can feel the cold with my fingers, like just off the edge of the couch. Like, as you know, as if it's, uh, I don't want to like use too many descriptive terms for it, but it, basically like it was a, a floating cold spot and, yep. uh, I don't know how high or low it went. I just know that it was basically the height, at least the height of my knees, because that's where, you know, uh, that's where my hands were. And I was laying on my side. So we'll say two feet, two and a half feet, something like that. And that's the first, there's no, there's no reason for that. There's no uh, open window. Uh, there's actually windows there with curtains that would billow if, if it was wind. There's no vent that would blow cold air uh, in there, you know, in that general direction. So these are all things that I've just kind of tried to ignore or to put down, uh, you know, as other things. So with that, with all that laid out there, um, I just, I guess I, I just want to know, like, you know, like I said, what's your take? Um, you know, if this is your house, what would you do? That sort of thing. Well, I don't know if I'd do anything. I mean, uh, as far as it goes, it sounds like it's like one of those spirits or ghosts that's just letting you know they're there. You know, like grandma's like letting you know she's looking out for you. You know. Um, otherwise, if it was something even worse, you know, you had a lot of stuff going on that 
could be construed as, I don't want to say violent, that's a little harsh, but you know, where you get things thrown at you or something from across the room, but nobody's there. Um, then I'd say it was something else. Um, but in this case, it almost sounds like grandma's just letting me know she, she's there watching Oria in her home. Well, I do. I've actually told people that like, I, I feel like if there was a ghost, it would be her, but that it wouldn't be like a negative type of haunting because she always wanted us to live here. She, uh, right. she wanted me and my grandson and my wife to live here with her before she died. There just wasn't enough room. So she's just looking over, say, watching out for you. That's, that's kind of what I've told myself a couple of times when I'm even, even when I'm willing to admit that it's something, you know, paranormal at all. Uh, it's more like, oh, you know, it's a, uh, a good presence or, you know, helpful or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, so good to know that our opinions on, on things kind of, kind of match up. I really wasn't going to do anything yet because I, like I said, I'm, I'm not even really sure what exactly is going on that, that cold spot thing. That was the first time that's ever happened to me in my life. And that was kind of weird. Probably but, um, <laughs> not if I keep living here. Um, so that was, that was um, hard to find a rational explanation for and, and so I haven't, but, um, you know, that being said, I'm, I'm not like afraid when I'm here alone and I don't fear for my son, which would be a big motivator. You know, like if I was suddenly worried that something might happen to him, then, you know, that would be like, right. That'd be huge. Right. But, but when it's like a relative like that and, you know, you don't have any negative, uh, or you know you had a good relationship with them before they passed away you know more more times out of 10 they're just going to be like just letting you know that they're watching out for you you know looking over you i'm going to check in every now and then make sure you're safe you know that kind of thing not really a whole lot to worry about cool you know? cool it's that would be that would be good to tell my wife because the other day, man, it was crazy. Like we, she was over here on the couch and I was in the bathroom there and we started just hearing like just various taps. Like they, it, they were coming from like different places almost. And then suddenly we heard a sound from out behind me in the kitchen and we went out there and it sounded twice. I don't remember if it sounded once I got out there, but once I turned on the light, like it, you know, it all, it all went away. It all stopped. And it was just crazy. Like, it was like, I was like, is this a fucking movie? Like, what is going on here? Well, and, um, there's, there's one other possibility that it's not paranormal at all. Um, I got stuff like that going on here, but when I chalk it up to paranormal, it's usually when Google goes off and nobody's saying anything to it. Um, and the TV's not on, nothing's in the earshot of the thing. But I hear things in the walls, you know, and all of that. But here, because of my location, and this is a very old mobile type home, it's mice. That's actually, I said that too. Um, I was like, because we had mice when we first moved in and we had to put out traps and stuff. And I told my, uh, my girlfriend, I was like, well, I call her my girlfriend. I don't know why I still do that. Uh, my wife was like, I'm afraid it's a man outside and he's tapping on the walls and he's going to kill us. And I'm like, I'm worried that it's a, a mouse and that they're going to chew through some wires and suddenly all the power is going to go out. And so that that is also um, a possibility. We we haven't seen any evidence of them and we have they had you know, the walls first because the main interest is getting warm and food. Well, yeah. that, that is a possibility. I mean, like I said, they were definitely here. So, you know, I get these little bitty field mice, but I found a big rat one day and <laughs> man, I, I'm ready to get out of here. I mean, it's just, I got a dog and she don't, she needs more space anyways. I've I got, feel that. Yeah. I've got a Siberian Husky. I've oh raised, yeah. They did, they need I've raised a lot those of space. all my life. I've raised those types of dogs all my life. Well, that's cool. 
um i've never really like i've always been a dog person but i've never narrowed down like that it's um it's kind of like a a profession like growing up i never really was like oh i want to be an astronaut or i want to be this or that so here we are at 40 whatever i'd have to do the math but 40 whatever yeah i chose i chose the husky because when i was a kid i was about 12 years old um somebody gave me a a mix to 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 raise as a puppy while he went off to for like a major job interview for a couple of months in colorado or some shit and i got really attached to this puppy he was half half siberian husky and half malamute he grew up to be a fairly big dog and fairly fluffy (laughs) and boy did he have an attitude and he was very vocal but the thing about huskies is whether they're malamute or they're a siberian husky they love kids they, they're like a babysitter, you know, if you, cool. if you train them right. Um, but they're not, they're not good for first time dog owners. Do your research before you get a Husky. Seriously, they, they are very high maintenance dogs. Yeah, they, uh, I was going to say they come off as very sassy. They're always like, it seems like they're very willing to tell you like when they're unhappy. <laughs> Yep, she's she she we call her a diva. Her name's Timber Joy, but we call her a diva. She almost pure white. So cool. That's um that's a a breed of dog. Like I said, I've never I've never had one. I w- I would be open to it if it was like uh, presented to me. We are actually about to go back to get another dog from the Humane Society but it's not a matter of like we want a particular one we're really just going to uh, we're going to go and and tell them we need a dog that's good with other animals and it's been well, here that's for a, a good long place time. that's always a good place to go you know adopt a dog from humane society or rescue one from a shelter you know it's better than you know going out and buying it from a breeder oh for sure yeah in my opinion oh. i mean i'm not gonna like trash breeders or you know piss off breeder listeners or something but like yeah you don't want to trash that but it just in general you know because the longer some of these dogs are in like uh humane society type places the less chance they got for adoption and then they put them to sleep yeah and that's why we wanted to get like a certain time so you're you're in, in in turn you're rescuing an animal yeah we we figured that we'd get whichever one like fit our criteria because it's not about getting like a puppy or whatever. It's about getting the dog. That's like close to being put down. So um, even if it's like super old, I mean, it, it will just consider it more of a foster situation and, you know, until it passes on, but um, it's probably going to be a, a pit bull mix because that's like, that's all they have here at the, at the pound. Yeah. Like pit bull this, like pit bull the that. common thing. I, yeah. I went to an actual husky farm for mine, but she, the lady there rescued, she wasn't breeding the husky. She was rescuing them. And she basically gave me Timber Joy and Timber Joy picked me. I didn't pick her. I mean, I, her mom, she let, they had like a, like a, a racetrack type thing on the outside of the kennel. So it was all fenced in. It was like double fenced. She let Joy and her mom out. And her mom, I went down, you know, so I could be at their level. So I was down, like, you know, kneeling. And mom came and jumped on me, and I wasn't expecting it, and I fell back. And after that, Joy wasn't going to leave my side. So she came home with us. That's cool. That's um, that's a cool name, too. That's not something that I've, uh, I mean, it could be a rare, ah very well be first and middle but the fact that you say it together it makes it something uh, that i've never heard before yeah well she was also a new year's day baby puppy she was born on new year's day that's cool it's cool that you know that because so we just kind of guess when our dogs were born yeah she was uh she's seven years old now wow D- those big dogs they age so fast 
I'm, um, I'm glad that, you know, she's still kicking, still, still active enough that you actually need to move to give her more space. So yeah. that's cool. I've, um, I don't think I've ever had a big dog before this one. I've got a, we got a pit bull now, uh, Staffordshire, I guess it would be called. And, um, that's the biggest dog I've ever had. So might've just been, you know, restricted because that's all that I was allowed in, in wherever I was living. But I've always wanted a, uh, a German shepherd, but they're oh, kind of scary. Those dogs too. I love those dogs. I had, my mom had one growing up and I but just remember got, him being like really uh, energetic and hard to yeah, play with. But they got a lot of, they've also got a lot of um, problems <laughs> that come with them. Like they, you know, as they get older, they could end up with a lot of these different problems. There was a pair I knew they were pretty old, but they started getting tumors everywhere. Oh, you know, well. and they, they put sleep, but they were almost 13 years old as it was. So. I guess, I mean, a bigger dog, that's a pretty good life. That kind of pushes me away, though, because I've got so little experience with them. And now to know that they could have, you know, something like that happen. I don't it's not that like I'm worried about the price. I just don't want to like lose my dog at like, you know. Yeah, I, you got to do age. your research. Always yeah. do your research. It's more and more these days, dog. like because, you know, they're, they're the breeding is just like getting so crazy and mixing like this with that and the other. You just never know. Well, my dog is so unique. It's the only breed of dog that can regulate its own metabolism. <laughs> wow. And scientists are baffled about it. That's crazy. So if it got she, loose out in the woods, it'd just be fine. She is a purebred. So she... So basically what that means is they, you can fill that dish for a normal dog, the food dish, right? And that dog will sit there sometimes and eat it until it's gone. She only eats when she gets hungry. And I wish my dog was like that. Now I can fill a dish and I might not have to fill it for a few days. Wow. Yeah, I'm serious. It's because she 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 regulates her metabolism. You know, in the winter time she eats more because she's a winter dog. She goes outside, but because of her color, she can't retain the heat. She don't have the black in her. Yeah. she's got some, but not enough. So she don't That's like crazy. it when it gets too cold. Your dog's like a like a superhero science experiment or something. That's like a, a crypto or, or what have you. Well, huskies are um, unique. Yeah, I'm learning more and more as we go along. I've, uh, I don't know if it makes me want to more or less. The, the fact that it wouldn't eat would make me think like, oh my God, I've done something wrong. I've pissed off my dog. It doesn't like its food. No, something's because, not right. Because when you got food, they're going to be right there begging. Oh, okay. Like at the table or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like any other dog. We had, we had kind of a handle on that with our dogs. And then my son started getting older and he's like two something now, two and a half, something like that. And he will just randomly not want whatever he's eating and just throw it to whichever dog is nearby. Yeah. So like now they've, they've gotten back in the habit of thinking that they're allowed basically whatever we're eating, whenever we're eating it. So that's yeah. Be careful though. Do your research. There's certain things you can't give the dogs. Yeah, that, that that's a problem. Like it, I, yeah. basically, I can't give him anything that they can't have because if I turn my back, I risk him giving it to him. Because so. there's 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 a list on the internet that you can find. There are, there's people food that dogs cannot have. It will either kill them or make them sick. Yeah, with my uh, my wife's been really like researching to make sure that we don't we don't kill our dogs with some snack we've given our son well it's like for the longest time and i still check because i'm i actually don't check and there were other other ones but they say it got there's a, there was an ingredient in in peanut butter that if you gave your dog that particular peanut butter with that ingredient in it it could kill your dog 
So I went through the list of peanut butters and, you know, found out that at the time, Jif was the only one that had it, that didn't have it. You know, so Jif was on the safe list. So I've been buying Jif ever since, you know. <laughs> For sure, yeah. I was, uh, man, that, that I was just at the grocery store like two days ago and I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll give Jif a try. I'm like, nah, I do Peter Pan. That's just what I do. And yeah, but I got I'm, more pretty Peter sure, Pan. I'm pretty sure now Peter Pan's safe too because most of those uh, bigger, bigger label peanut butters like Peter Pan, Skippy, you know, all of those pretty much removed that ingredient when this big article came out about peanut butter and dogs. That's good because peanut butter is like peanut butter is the only thing that will get my dogs to either take a bath or allow us to cut their nails. It's like a wonder drug. I don't, I don't, they just love it so much. So let us do whatever we want where if we don't have it in their mouth, they're like, no God, you're cutting my foot off and I won't have that. It's terrible. It hurts so bad. Get away from me. But that peanut butter is just like, Oh yeah, go ahead. I don't care. It's it's crazy. But, um, we also, you know, feed it to our son. So I'm glad that it's not well, like that's crazy. Like, you know, I got grandkids and they come over to visit grandma and grandpa, you know, and they want peanut butter sandwich or something. And they drop that and the dog gets it. You got to make sure it's safe. For because sure. Yeah. It's going to be quicker than you are. Yeah, no doubt. You know? There was something uh, just the other day that we were like, I can't remember what it was, but he was, he, my son was eating some and, uh, and he was like, I'm done daddy. And he reached out, he reached out to give it to me. And I was like, I don't want to give it to the dogs. And my wife was like, no, that's bad. Don't give it to the dogs. And I'm like, no, son, don't give it to the dogs. So I'm, uh, I'm learning, but, uh, you know, for the most part, we, uh, well, that's yeah. part of parenthood though. You yeah. Know, there is no manual to it. You hear that a lot. No instruction book we were given. You know, we learned how we were raised, and you know, we kind of like, you know, well, I didn't like my when my dad did that, so I'm never going to do that to my kid, and you know, you know, stuff like that. So you kind of improvise and and learn as you go. That's that's actually a good point, and that that reminds me of something that one of my co-hosts usually asks that. Uh, I guess I never ask because I forgot about it till now. And it's, uh, it'll be a good thing to, to kind of end us here uh, to end with. And that is what would you consider to be your best advice for a new, uh, any dad new or old? I don't know. I, I'd say, you know, learn as you go. And if you need advice and if your dad's still around, go to them. I'm, you know, I mean, you kind of take that stuff, you know, if you turned out good and you were raised right, you turned out good, then your dad and your mom did something right. So, you know, you take that and you got to kind of improvise. You got to change it with the times because, you know, some things aren't going to fly like they do now or did back then. They're not going to fly today. You know, back when I was growing up, you you could use a belt on the kid or, you know, my mom used to get those sticks from, uh, so they, just... were like, they were like real thin. They used to mark the like gas lines and stuff with a little ribbon on them. And if you pulled them out of the ground, you'd get a whole bunch of slivers in your hands. You know? Oh, wow. That's way back there. They use the uh, metal, metal. Right, right. They use like these little whip things on a little metal. Yeah. With the flakes still. But no, these were these were wooden things. They 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 weren't even sanded down. Nothing, man. I remember getting them broken across my back, running, running from my mom. <laughs> so was it, it was it your mom that typically did that, or did uh, did your parents share the discipline? Well, my parents were divorced when I was about five years old, uh. and. And my dad was really in the picture because on his times to come and pick us up, he had too much of this. So my mom wouldn't let us go. 
my stepfather didn't come into the picture until I was about nine. Um, and then we, um... we kind of fucked with him right away. Excuse <laughs> me. I didn't mean to do that. I don't know if you could swear on your... Uh, he used to come down every morning before we'd go to school. He hadn't found a job yet because he'd just come to Wisconsin from Texas, right? When he And then he got introduced by my great uncle to my mom. He introduced him. Anyway, he'd come down every morning when he started living with us. He'd come down every morning and make my brother and I uh, breakfast. And usually it was pancakes or French toast and, you know, bacon or sausage, you know. And it'd take him a while. You know, first time he did it, I mean, my brother and I were like bottomless pets. You know, growing boys, we were going to eat a lot. My mom come down like, what the hell are you doing? Those kids can cook better than I can, you know. <laughs> Well, they need a hot breakfast before they go to school. You know, but, well, he kept doing it anyway, but my mom was right. We could cook better than she did at back then. <laughs> That's a cool memory. I'm, uh, I'm always like, it's always cool to hear the things that the guests, you know, like have held on to from their childhood. So that was, um, that was interesting. There's, th yeah. there's things here and there that you've said about your dad that I'm just like, yeah, that that's my dad too. My, but my um, stepfather, he was like really cool. He's like the dad you always wanted, you know? I mean, we ended up after a while, my brother and I had a nickname for him. We called him the white Richard Pryor. <laughs> he kind of, if Richard Pryor was white, he kind of looked like him. He had that Richard Pryor style mustache, you know? And he was always cracking jokes. Yeah. That's know. cool. He was a fun guy to be around. That's for sure. That's awesome. It's, it's good that you... To the races every Friday night. No. Yeah, Friday night. Damn. So, like, he was, like, you know, real dad stuff. Like, yeah. You know, did he, um, this is neither really here or there, he really, me but how to drive. Did, did he ever, um, did you ever have that, uh, typical, uh, game of catch with him? No, I actually had, you know, that, 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 you know, that my next door neighbor between the time my mom got divorced and he came around the my our next door neighbor was the maintenance man for the apartment thing and he used to take me outside because we always said he had a daughter so he took me outside and taught me how to throw a football around you know taught me the right way to hold That's it cool. and throw it and stuff so my stepfather never had to do that stuff but he did spend a lot of time with us and That's he didn't awesome. have, you know he didn't have to be yeah, you know, he didn't, he didn't have to, but he did, you know. That's, uh, I mean, a, a dad is uh, not necessarily somebody that, you know, helps give birth to you. He's, he's just somebody that's there. Oh, yeah. And there when you need him. I mean, he taught my, my father, my own father, a guy that drove for a living. He drove city bus. Okay. He drove the city bus for 30 some odd years couldn't teach his own sons how to drive because he didn't have <laughs> patience but he could teach those those people that come there and start at the bus company how to drive one of those buses that's Explain weird that. i guess you his know? expectations for you were just super high i don't know yeah i mean I i'm the one that turned out just like him i mean they always said i was going to but i didn't you know, I'm a survivor and I don't drink alcohol. The worst thing I ever drank is my Mountain Dew over there. <laughs> you know, I've been drinking Mountain Dew since 1970-something. You know, yeah, it may not be legal in Wisconsin, but I do have a habit of smoking pot. 
I was doing that back in high school and contrary to what people believe that it makes you stupid then my entire senior year I spent most of it high I graduated on a roll without trying hey get study high get high scores that's what I heard you know I mean I don't <laughs> know what it was but you know it worked for me yeah. and now might not work for to, everybody but and now I have to use it for medical reasons you know I don't have a choice now well those um, I got the choice of smoking that or taking about 15 pills a day twice a day nah. and most of them are going to put me in bed in kind of like what I call a pill coma because they all got that one side effect may cause drowsiness <laughs> yeah they've all got it so when you take them all you definitely get it you know and here I don't need the pain pills. I don't need the muscle relaxers. I don't need something to give me an appetite because the, I went through chemotherapy and radiation. And the radiation I went through is called total body eradication. Okay. Really? And they sit you in a room in your underwear and they flood that room with radiation. Now you've seen how a snake peels its skin off, right? Yeah, do that right down my arm, oh. peel it off like a glove. But here's the worst part I was radiation burns, it, it burns the skin. I got burned in places you don't want to be burned when you're a man. Oh, okay, yeah. Then you get humiliated because the nurse has to come in and rub lotion on your shit you know, to keep it from hurting so bad. I, uh, I'd stick with the natural harmless plant too, if I were you. You know, so, I mean, after what I went through, you know, what can I say? <laughs> I'd rather, yeah. I, I trust God more than I trust the doctors because most of them pills have all kinds of unseen side effects. Yeah, know? I mean, I've never been in your situation or known anybody in your situation. So, you know, take my opinion with a grain of salt, but I wholeheartedly support anybody using cannabis for, uh, you know, medical purposes because it's just got so many benefits. Oh, well, yeah. And Especially virtually no drawbacks. Patients, you know, I got, I had leukemia so bad. I was diagnosed December 4th, 1995. Okay, my youngest daughter, Ashley, was born May 21st, 1995, about six months before I was diagnosed with leukemia, right? They told me I was not going to live to see Christmas that year. That was three weeks away. Whoa. I had to go through what was called plasmopheresis, which is they bring this big, loud machine into the room and they cleaned out my blood i spent that entire christmas and i hope i don't break down because it, it happens every time i talk about this i spent that entire first christmas in the hospital so i missed ashley's actual first christmas yeah she might have only been six months old but still you know to me that was a big deal you know, so now here we are the following Christmas and I'm still alive. You know, I've gone through the bone marrow transplant and everything. But now I've got what's called PCP pneumonia. So the doctors weren't going to release me. <laughs> I'm too stubborn. I went home for Christmas that year. I made a deal with the doctors eventually. I fought with them until I got my way. I got a 48-hour pass so I could spend Christmas Eve and Christmas Day at home with my family. And I sat there that year and I put together my first power wheels for my youngest daughter. And I suffered through. I mean, because that, that particular... 
that type of pneumonia really drags the energy out of you. So, but, you know, the kids and, 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 you know, having those kids and, you know, yeah, I really held on to them. I wasn't going to let them. I basically told the doctors to the hell with the, the mental meds that they wanted to put me on because I'm bipolar, manic, depressive disorder. And that helps with that too, by the way. Um, I told them I needed all the anger. I get to fight this. And I held on to my kids going, <laughs> I ain't letting them grow up without me, right? And they didn't. So here we go, we flash forward, here it is nine years later, I'm fighting in and out of court. About nine years later, I'm starting to fight my youngest grandma in court. Not my mom, her mom's mom, because on May 3rd, just before Ashley turned nine, her mom passed away of brain cancer. So I had a, I fought in the court system for nine years. This evil old woman that hated my guts until she lost everything, you know, lost all her rights in the end, you know. But I ended up fighting all my kids. I had experience with the courtroom, and this is a, this is a piece of advice. Last piece of advice I'll give to to people. And, and take this from somebody that that's learned because I took police science for a couple of years early on in my life. When you go to court and you're fighting for your kids and you, you don't do it for yourself, do it for the best interests of your kid and always keep your cool. Don't lose your temper. You know, always address the courts properly and you win. You know, if you got a case, you'll win. You don't need lawyers. Good advice. Anybody listening, keep that in mind. You know, um, I had lawyers and they suckered me. You know. Yeah, for every good lawyer, there you hear stories about, you know, nine or ten bad ones. Yeah. So. And she, every time we went to court, she lost more and more. <laughs> Why? because I kept my cool, you know, and I addressed, I addressed the judge and everything properly. Right on. Well, good. Uh, always good to hear a success story. Uh, and you know, in that type of situation, because usually courts terrible all the way around. Well, you gotta um, fight for your kids. You have to, who, who else is going to, you know, right. in, a, in a situation like that. Nobody cares like you do. Yeah. Um, so we, we went a little long, I guess, but we're going to go ahead and kick it here to the end. And uh, we're going to let you uh, promote whatever you got going on. You, we've talked about the podcast a little bit, but you can, you know, uh, mention oh, yeah. that as well. I'll make it simple and quick. You can check me out, find everything, YouTube channel, Facebook page, just by going to the utterlyinsaneproductions.com. Okay, that's our website. You'll find everything about us. We've got an investigation coming up Saturday. I can't say where because it's a private home investigation. Um, she's actually had stuff thrown at her at during Thanksgiving. Wow. This girl with a lot of witnesses. So I'm interested to check it out. Uh, and I have a guest stuff. this Friday. We've got a guest. I can't remember who it is offhand. I don't know where my book is. Um, <laughs> this Friday, five o'clock, and you can find that on Facebook or YouTube. Right on. All right. Well, uh, you kept it short and sweet. Um, I guess that's going to do it pretty much with every question I've come up with. Uh, they all come in the course of our conversation, but I've kind of got like, I got too into what you were saying and stopped writing down questions. So I ran out of things to ask, but with that being said, I guess we're going to go ahead and kick it out of here. Joel, man, I do appreciate you taking the time. You've been an awesome guest. You've been fun to talk to. 
I appreciate your advice, your uh, supernatural advice specifically, as well as all the, the dad stuff that you gave us, your wisdom there. It's going to help somebody, I guarantee it. And um, I would, I'd be happy to see you again. Uh, or I, I don't know if you guys take guests, but I'd be happy to come on your show one day too. Um, sure. But uh, that being said, I guess from all of us here at uh, Your Two Dads, uh, we will check you later. They said anything's possible. I know what you're thinking, punk. You're thinking, did he fire six shots or only five? Now, to tell you the truth, I forgot myself and all this excitement. But being this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and will blow your head clean off. You could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? <laughs> <laughs>